We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. dive into part two of today's show and i'm gonna have some fun with the 2024 recruiting class you know we've broken it all down i republished uh, yesterday so on wednesday i republished the shows that we did back in december breaking down the class and and doing all the grades and you know i, I did the offensive grade and those type of things when we kind of went into it and so what I, i'm not going to do that again today you guys know where my rankings were if you don't know what they are, you can go to irishbreakdown.com up on the recruit up on the top left tab. You just click on football recruiting. All my stuff is there. If you're on the message board, you again, you can do it the same way. All the stories have also links to the grades at the bottom of them. Some of those different things you can look at as well. But what we're going to do today is number one, I'm going to rank the position groups one through seven, because I'm going to put wide receivers and tight ends as one group one through seven. And I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on that, too. And then I'm going to hand out some pearls. So, you know, top players, who's going to play in 24, ceiling floor, underrated, best athlete, best NFL prospects, who has the best shot to be freshman All-Americans, most improved, all the type of fun stuff. And so we're going to have a little bit of fun here. But the expectation is that this isn't just me talking. I want to hear what you guys think. And so I, I and I think that'll start, start spark some good conversation. So what I'm going to do is for most of these, I'm going to give my top three. And we're gonna have some fun with this. So let's let's get going. First of all, I'm gonna rank the position groups for Notre Dame, the 2024 class. Just looking at the class, what are the how would you rank the position groups from one to seven? And so what I did was I I put pass catchers into one, so wide receivers and tight ends to one together, and then I put the secondary together and the D line together. So not DNs, D tackles, not corners and safeties. I put them all together, and this ranking is gonna be based off two things. Number one. It's going to be talent. So obviously should always be with talent, but then also what are the needs? You know, did, 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 is it a position that just really filled a huge need that the team had, or was it just building on something that's going to be part of the conversation too. And so that's going to be some fun. And I want to get your thoughts. So I'm going to give my seven. 
I want to hear what you guys have ranked one through seven and then some feedback on, on where I have mine. So let's get rolling with that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So first and foremost, my number one position group in this class, and my first four are all offensive. So that's going to say a lot, and I'll explain why. And as number one for me is pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends. You've got a five-star kid in Cam Williams. You've got a top 150 kid in Micah Gilbert. You've got another top 250 kid at receiver in Logan Saldate and a, and a top 52 a top 50 type player tight end in Jack Larson, in my opinion. This class has what you want, elite talent, depth, versatility, so the players are different. Micah Gilbert's a different player from Cam Williams, and Logan Saldate's different from the other two. They complement each other very well. They have different strengths. Cam is the dynamic vertical guy. Mike is the possession volume guy. Logan is that pro-style slot guy. They have a really nice complement to each other. But to be the number one group in a class like this, you have to have it all. You have to have a high-level talent, check, Cam Williams. You need depth of talent, check, three other four-star players. You need complementary pieces, check. And then you need, and this is just freshmen, by the way. For for that's a good question. This is just uh, incoming freshman class, just the 2024 signees. So it doesn't include transfers. It's just the high school kids that are coming in. And so, because signing day was yesterday, and so to me, this group meets all of it. And it was a it was a big need year. You needed to, you you had the 23 class that you thought was going to be your first class to really solidify the numbers. And then 24 was just going to be about adding impact players. The problem is you've already lost a couple guys from the 23 class. Now you have two coming back that were scholarship kids. And then, of course, you benefit from the fact that Jordan Faison is now part of that group as well, which is huge. But the numbers are still not great. So you needed numbers there. They got numbers. That's important. They needed outside players. Legitimate need. Most of the roster right now, of the non-transfers is mostly guys that are ideally suited for the slot. Outside of Deion Colsey, I don't know if any of the returners are definitely the outside is your best spot. Maybe Jaden Greathouse. 
this class, your top two players in this class, Cam Williams and Micah Gilbert, are ideally first and foremost strength outside receivers. So for me, wide receiver tight end is number one on my list for all of those reasons. Number two is quarterback. Now, I count quarterback as a group, even though it's one guy, because oftentimes you only sign one quarterback. But I don't know how – I don't know how. I mean, you could have made a case a quarterback is number one, it, it, but it, a lot of it's going to depend on how you view C.J. Carr. For me, I view C.J. as a five-star player. I don't, I don't see him as a guy that's, that's the 6'4", 220, huge arm type of player. You know, But I see a kid that's got all the tools to just light it up in this offense. So I graded C.J. as a five-star player. I think he's got great accuracy. I think he's a smart kid. He goes, he processes well. He's very, very smart on the board. He's very, very smart on the field. He's a good athlete. He's got great leadership skills. He's got he's got the ability to throw from different arm slots. He's got the ability to make plays out off of structure. He can hurt you with his legs. He's not a dynamic runner, but he can hurt you with his legs. To me, there's a lot I like about CJ Carr. The only thing he doesn't have is elite size and elite arm strength. You know, he's not going to throw the ball 65, 70 yards. He's not going to be, you know, the Joe Milton type that just everybody just raves about how strong his arm is. But you know what? Joe Milton was a very good quarterback, so I don't really care about that. I don't care that Kyle Bowler could throw the ball from the middle of the field through the uprights from his knee. I don't care. He was a bad quarterback. And so, to me, I care about a guy that can run the offense at an elite level, and I think C.J. Carr can. Number three for me, and I thought about putting the number two, was the offensive line. You've got, again, everything that we look for. Do you have an elite player? Check. Gerby Lambert's a five-star for me. Do you have depth at the position? Check. Styles Prescott is a top 200 player for me. Uh, Peter Jones is a top 200 player for me. Anthony Knapp is a lower-ranked player for me, but lots of upside to me if he can fill out. You've, you needed tackles. You definitely needed tackles in this class. You've got tackles. Gerby Lambert's a tackle. Styles Prescott is a tackle. Anthony Knapp could potentially play tackle. And then I think Peter Jones could also play tackle in this, in this offense. And so to me, when I look at the offensive line, you met your needs with four, you met your needs with high level tackles. You got at least two guys that I think have a chance to be really, really high level tackles. You got tougher, you got bigger in certain spots. Gerby's going to be a 300 plus pounder. Peter Jones is already 300, about 300 pounds. So to me, your offensive line was really, really good. And here's the final piece of why I had the offensive line as high as I did. If you go back to where we were about a year ago, one of the things that we were saying about the offensive line nationally is that it was a bit of a down year nationally on the offensive line. And Notre Dame needed to really hit it big and, and hit at a high rate in order to, to kind of have an offensive line class that continued to move the needle. And they did that. Coach Eastan played a big role in that. He laid the foundation. He got Peter Jones to commit. He was the guy that that laid the foundation with Gerby Lambert and Styles Prescott. But Joe Rudolph had to come in and build on that. And in some instances, kind of remake up ground that they lost when Coach Eastan left. And he did that. And he did everything he needed to do. Plus, he added Anthony Knapp to the mix. Notre Dame got a very, very strong four-man group. The reason I have it higher than my next position group, which is running back, is because the highest, the, the the best player in both groups is is Gerby Lambert. Gerby ranks higher than Kedron. Gerby's my number th three offensive player. He's a five star. Kedron is right behind him as my number four offensive player, but he's more of a top hundred guy for me uh, there. So I do have running back next because again, you've got two top one fifty players. I have Kedron Young as a top hundred player with five star upside. I have Aeneas Williams as a top one fifty player with top fifty upside. They are great compliments. Kedron is that. Every down back, 220, great feet, great vision, great balance, can carry the ball 18 to 20 times a game. Aeneas can come in, carry the ball from, from behind center. He can run your zones. He can run your counters. He can be in every down back. But he also brings a lot of that complementary skill set to the table. He can be a great third down back. He can pass pro. He can catch the football out of the backfield. He can line up a receiver. They're a great complement to each other. And you needed two in this class. You wanted two the year before, didn't get it. You, the one you got was really good in Jeremiah Love, but you needed two. You didn't get two. You tried to get two again this year, and you nailed it. And Aeneas Williams is a guy that was on their board very early, came to camp, 
against much higher higher ranked players and out per, outplayed him at camp. Had great high school production and film, 4,000-plus rushing yards, 3,000-plus receiving yards, and over 140 career touchdowns for Aeneas Williams. So the running back group was really, really good. And to me, and I'm curious how many of you would put one of the defensive groups in the top four? Because I want to. I haven't seen y'all's rankings yet. I want to know what y'all's rankings are. But I have receivers one, receiver side ends one, quarterback two, O-line three, running back four. I didn't do this offense first, defense second. I think the difference, my opinion, the difference between the two is there are far more higher floor guys and less project-type players on offense than there are on defense. Outside of maybe a couple guys on defense, there's a lot of what-ifs on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to recruiting class. To me, there's much, much higher floors on the on the defensive side. So recap where I'm at number so far. Number one, receivers, tight ends. Number two, quarterbacks number three o-line number four running backs number five for me defensive line i think you can make a case that d-line should be higher here's why i didn't i'm going to go with the negative first and then talk about what i love about it you have cole mullins had an injury coming off an injury that was damaging sean civilano just didn't grade as high for me you know three and a half star kid Logan Thomas has loads of potential. Bryce Young has loads of potential, but they're both still kind of a little bit toolsy and not quite there yet. Bryce took a big step as a senior. Logan is still very much a work in progress. So between Logan still being a work in progress and Cole Mullins being a guy coming off of a major injury, that knocked it down a little bit to me. And, and so to, to me, that's kind of where I look at that group and I say the D-line is slightly behind because there's just more questions with a lot of the guys on the defense. The so D-line is number five, but here's what I love about it. Number one, you've got a top 50 caliber player in Bryce Young. Five-star upside, no doubt. I don't. Bryce didn't quite get into the five-star category for me just because there's still some aspects of his game that still need work. So from a point standpoint, when I graded him out, he was about, about five to ten – points about actually about 10 to 15 points outside of the top five uh or top 25 category and so to me uh, you know that that's that's really good and it's at a position of need that's the other thing he, you needed a, a guy that could be an impact defensive end you also needed to restock your viper depth chart and i think they did that with logan thomas and then what i love about cole mullins is he can have it he can play both sides i think he has a chance to to do to to play Viper or defensive end in this Notre Dame defense. And so I really like the D-line class. It's not that I'm down in the defensive classes or de- de- excuse me, defensive position groups. It's just how excited I am and how good I think the offensive position groups can be. Number 6 for me is linebackers. Now again, this is one that you could make a case needs to be higher, but here's why I push back on it. You say, "Well, well D-line's got Bryce Young." Agree. Receivers have Cam Hart or Cam Williams. Quarterback has C.J. Carr. The running backs have Keedron Young. The O-line has Gerby Lambert. So you can't say that the top-level player at linebacker D-line is necessarily better than the top-level player at wide receiver or quarterback or O-line. Maybe you could argue running back. But to me, they're not. And I have Kingston as a top-50 player, five-star upside guy great player, arguably the best natural linebacker in the 24 class for anybody. There are some guys that are maybe a little bit more athletic and some guys that you know maybe are a little bit faster, but there's nobody to me that has the God-given instincts and feel for the game that Kingston does, plus he's a good athlete, plus he's got great size. So, And, and Kingston was, was the number one defensive player on the board for me in this class. He was only about – I'd have to look – I actually don't have have it on this computer, but I think he's only like five points away from being in that five star category for me. And uh, he he's a guy that if he can maybe get a step quicker, that would be just enough to get him into that category for me. Great production at a big time high school, played against big time competition, ready to play right now. There's nothing to not like about Kingston. And then when you look at what's behind it, here's what drags the linebacker class down. Because somebody had earlier had said that just getting Kingston should result in a massive bump for the linebacking core. Again, I don't agree with that because, and it's not because of, of Kingston, who is my number one ranked defensive player, but you have a five-star receiver, a top 50 at the least receiver, a top 50 quarterback, who I have as a five-star. You have a top 50 offensive lineman who I have as a, who I have as a five-star. 
and you have a top 100 running back. And, and these aren't even just – I'm just giving you what other people rank them as. Cam is a top 50 player to, to other services. CJ is a top 50 play, top 40 player by two services. Gerby's a five-star player by, I believe, uh, 247 or, or no, on three, has him as a five-star. And Kedrian Young, I think, has one or two outlets that rank him in the top 100 as well. So these aren't just Brian Driscoll thinks higher of these guys than other people do. Even based on what other people rank these guys, they're right there with Kedron Young and uh, I mean with Bryce Young and Kingston Villiamaasa. What behind what's behind it at both spots is just a lot more what ifs. Bodie Cahoon could end up having an impact to where you're like, boy, what a great linebacker class that was. If Teddy Rezac can add 15, 20 pounds and still be as athletic as he can, we can look back on this and say, boy, that linebacking group was one of the one or two best groups in that class, or if not the best. That D-line ended up being the best group from that class. Those things could all happen down the road, but right now there's a lot more what if after that top guy. So you've got Kingston and Bryce, boom, right there. But after that, more question marks. Where at receiver, after Cam, you've got Micah Gilbert. At offensive line, right after Gearby, you have Peter Jones, you have Styles Prescott, you have Anthony Knapp. And then a running back is even the best, probably the best one, arguably the best one to punch, which is Kedron and Aeneas of just high floors. And so that's why those two position groups are next for me. So again, number one, receivers, tight ends. Number two, quarterback. Number three, O-line. Number four, running backs. Number five, D-line. Number six, linebackers. And number seven, secondary. This is a uh, – this is the, the secondary is the one position you look at and say that should have been better. I actually like the corner class for the most part. Love Leonard Moore. I do like the fact that Carson Hobbs had a nice bounce, like a nice jump as a senior. But there were some cornerbacks in the class that I really liked that they just missed on uh, after Leonard Moore. Leonard Moore was a must-get guy. The bigger question mark for me, though, because I gave the cornerback grade overall, I think a B plus. The safety position got the, the the lowest individual grade of all. I gave it a C plus. Love Bronte Johnson, but you know, again, he's a bit of a raw player. I like Kennedy Urlacher more than most, but to me, if you're trying to build an elite defense, I'm I'm probably higher on Kennedy Urlacher than anybody I know. But even I'll say you don't want to go into a year where Kennedy Urlacher is your number two safety. He needs to be your number three, and to me, he is the number two safety this year. And, and Tabron Benny Powell had a nice senior year. I still just don't know if he's necessarily a Notre Dame caliber starting caliber safety. And I hope he proves me wrong, but I just don't see it on film. So the safety position to me drags down the whole thing. And and to me, the easiest position group to rank was the secondary last. It's still a good group. There's some talented players in there. I love Leonard Moore. Uh, Carson Hobbs showed me some things. I think Bronte's got a high ceiling. I like Kennedy Erlacher. Tabron got better. But there's just not the same high ceiling and the same – potential impact behind the top guy at that group as you have at other positions. So that's my group. So I want to hear what you guys have. I D rock Irish has his, he goes receivers, tight ends, number one, O line, number two. I think that's fair. D rock. I think you can make a case for the O line. When you have a five-star offensive tackle in your class, you can make a case for that three quarterback, four running back. So you and I are so far on the same page there. We just flipped quarterback and O line, which is fair. Number five is linebacker, six D-line. Again, we're close. You just flipped it one and then seven secondary. So we're not very far off. You've got a good group there, in my opinion, because it's similar to mine. So if you're similar to mine, then we're in a pretty good place. Uh, Archer asks, how high would cornerbacks rank if you split away from safeties? It would still be behind linebacker. It would be seventh, and then safeties would be eighth. I like Leonard Moore a ton. He was my number four player in his class behind, right behind Logan Thomas but you'd have two D linemen ahead of him. And so the D line would be higher. And then Kingston is better than him. So the linebackers would be higher. And then I also think Bodie Cahoon as the number two linebacker has a higher floor ceiling than the number two cornerback would be in Carson Hobbs. So it'd still be behind, but that's where the cornerbacks would be. So I want to see what you guys have so far. D rock, I think is the only person that has stepped up and actually put his group in there. Let me go back and see if anybody else has done that yet, but no, so far, D-Rock's the only one that stepped up and put that group in there from what I can tell. So I'm curious to hear see what you guys have and what your ranking would be of the position groups, talents pl talent plus need, and, and see where it would go.
So next, we're going to get into superlatives for the 2024 recruiting class. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I look at the superlatives, I like to have fun with it. And and um, I mix. I, I left out some things I've done in the past. We are not Marshall stepped up. He has uh, offensive line group or offensive class, quarterbacks one, receivers, tight ends two, running backs three, O-line four. Don't have anything on his defense yet. So let's dive into this and look at the superlatives for the 2024 class. And again, when I go through these, I expect you guys to give me yours. And the first thing we're going to start off with is just the top players in the class. So we'll go offense for each of these and then defense. So here are my top players in the class. Number one on offense, Cam Williams. Number two on offense, CJ Carr. This is kind of current grade plus upside, but more so current grade than it is upside. CJ Carr, number two, Gerby Lambert, number three. All five-star players for me. Defensive side of the ball. I have Kingston Viliyama Asa, number one, Bryce Young, two. I currently have Bronte Johnson, three. I said Logan Thomas earlier. I meant Bronte Johnson is number three. Uh, Logan is higher on the upside grade. I had Leonard Moore and Bronte Johnson had a very similar grade. Bronte was a little bit higher, mainly because of, of Leonard's injury as a, as a junior, as a senior. He didn't play as much. But that's one of those ones where – you, you you evaluate film based on your gut. You know, you watch it and you, you know, hey, I, I really like this film or I don't. And then there's the more database, which is what my rankings come from. My rankings come from, I have eight categories for all these different positions. Like I put point systems and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes your gut is going to tell you something different. And my data, my data system has Bronte Johnson number three. My gut tells me when I watch Leonard Moore, I like Leonard Moore's film more than Bronte, but that's why I have both of those guys. So Bronte graded out number three, but if you're going to ask me who my top three are, just my gut watching film, Leonard Moore would be my third guy on offense. Let's talk about who has the – so I want to know who you guys are. Who are your top three players on offense? Who are your top three on defense? Jay Henry did put his top seven – he did rank his position group. He went quarterback number one, receivers tight end number two, O-line three, running backs four, linebackers five, D-line six, and DBs seven. So also very similar uh, very similar group uh, to, to what I had. So And then uh, we are not Marshall, also very similar. Just a couple spots flipping here and there. No, no major differences so far from those rankings. But I am curious, who are your top three players on offense and who are your top three players on defense? Number two, this is more of the just pure upside. Which players have the highest ceiling? And I'm gonna I'm gonna do two of these two kind of back and back to back because they kind of go hand in hand uh, a little bit. And and we've done it in the past, which is ceiling, and then we've also done NFL draft. Who has the best chance to be NFL draft picks? And they kind of go hand in hand, to be honest with you. And I looked at my ranking, and they actually are exactly the same. So I was like, let's talk about these. And so I do have one caveat to the NFL draft one. Let's so you talk about who has the highest ceiling. If ever and what does that mean? If everybody pans out, who would be the better player? In this case, if you're going to talk about ceiling, who'd be a better college player? And then if you talk about NFL draft, who has a chance to be the highest pick player in the NFL draft? And for you, they may be different. And that's why I want to talk about both of them. For me, they ended up being the same. So my three highest ceiling players on offense, number one. Kirby Lambert, 
if they all reach their full potential, I think Gerby Lambert can be a top 10 NFL draft pick at, at offensive line. Number two, Cam Williams, who I also think has first-round NFL draft pick talent. And number three is C.J. Carr. Now, the reason I went with C.J. third is because the one big difference between C.J. and the other two players is I think those other two guys have elite physical tools, whereas C.J. has pretty good physical tools. He has an elite mind. Him and Kenny Minchie both, neither of them graded out as like just you know elite arm strength, elite athletes, elite size. Neither of them have it. They both have really graded out really, really high mentally. And at quarterback, that matters a lot more than it does at other positions. You, you can be an okay talent at quarterback and be a really productive player if you have a great mind. I mean, how else has Gardner Minshew been in the NFL as long as he has, right? I mean, those are aspects of it. Tom Brady did not dominate his position physically the way that a, a Lawrence Taylor would or whatever the case may be, meaning just an elite God-given physical talent. It has to do a lot with uh, what's up, up here. And it's not that those other guys weren't smart. It's just that you can be the smartest guy on the planet but if you're an offensive tackle and you're six foot with 29 inch arms and you weigh 240 pounds, you may be a great division three offensive lineman, but you're not going to be a great NFL offensive lineman or D- division one offensive lineman. Whereas the quarterback could be six foot, 205 pounds and have just an, a, just a, a solid arm and put up really good numbers at, the, at the, the next level because the mental part is so important. And so that's why CJ is, is a little bit lower there for me. The other two, it, you go to the ceiling on defense. Number one, Bryce Young. Number two, Kingston Villama Asa. And number three, Logan Thomas. Now, when I did NFL draft pick, I had Leonard Moore right there with Logan Thomas because I think that that he he is that long six one plus smooth fast corner that NFL teams are going to absolutely love, in my opinion. But to me. I have Kingston as my number one player right now. I do think Bryce gets that nod, especially for NFL draft, if we're talking about it, because edge player, edge beats middle linebacker if all things are equal. If they both pan out, all things are equal, edge beats Mike. That's what it comes down to for just impact, you know, the the positional value of those two players. He's got elite size, athleticism. He's just got the total package. Here's the next one. This is one I have a little bit of fun with. Who has the highest floor? Highest floor is basically the best way to describe floor is essentially the most certain, right? What 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 is the thing that you look at and say this guy to me is just the one I'm most certain is going to be something. He doesn't have to get a whole lot better to step on the field and be this. Rico Flores, for example, thing that I talked about with him was great high floor. You know, Rico's the kind of guy that could step in right away at Notre Dame. And and be a guy that can help out right now. But the other part of what I always said about Rico was, I don't know how much better Rico is going to get. And that was a bit of a question mark for me, was how much better can he be? And there's other guys that, that that's the floor. There's other guys that maybe don't play a bunch as a freshman, but then come out and eventually become big-time players down the road. You think about Jalen Smith was an elite player the day he showed up at Notre Dame. It took Jeremiah Wusukoromo three years to become that kind of guy. You know, there's other guys. Robert Hainsey was a pretty darn good player the day he showed up at Notre Dame. It took Aaron Banks a couple years to kind of get to that point. And they both became NFL draft picks, right? So it's floor versus ceiling. Some guys have both. Some guys have high floor and high ceiling. Those are the those are five stars more often than not. But here's my here's my three guys, highest floor guys. And number one is Cam Williams. I kind of feel like Cam Williams just kind of shows up, and if Cam Williams doesn't get an ounce better physically, he's still going to be a guy that plays for you for four years because he already has the size. I mean, if he if he stays the same size he is now, just gets a little bit stronger, just normal 18- to 21-year-old growth in the weight room, just normal stuff. To me, he's a guy that you look at and say he, he's going to be a, a really, really good player. Then you look at some other guys to me uh, that I look at with high floor, uh, CJ Carr, for the reasons I talked about earlier. And then number three is actually Kedron Young. Now, I, I think Kedron Young's a guy that to me does not have to get a whole lot better 
to be a guy that goes out there at the next level and and, and plays at a high to, to the next level and plays and is a multi-year player for Notre Dame. I think Kedron Young shows up to Notre Dame ready to play right now. There's some finer points that I have to learn, but to me, Kedron has a very high floor player for Notre Dame. Defensively, number one, I think this is an easy one. King said Viliama Asa. This might be the easiest floor discussion of any player on the board and one of the highest floor players in our name assigned in a very long time. Could Drake Bowen end up being a better linebacker than Kingston? Yes. Could Jaden Osbury be a better linebacker than Kingston when it's all said and done? Yes. Is Kingston more ready to play the minute he steps foot on campus than all those other guys? Yes, he is. And so to me, Kingston is an easy number one. Number two for me is Leonard Moore. Number three, I'm actually going to go with Sean Savellano on this one. Now, I don't have Sean as a very highly ranked player, but I kind of feel like with what he is, he just, I mean, he could come in and just be 330 and give you good eat up space snaps like that. And I actually think Sean is a guy that if he doesn't play in the rotation at some point in time in his career, I'll be surprised. I think the question mark for me is can he do anything beyond just be part of the rotation and give you good minutes? That's the ceiling part that I have questions about when it comes to Sean Savellano. But I certainly think the floor is is pretty high for him. Uh, You could make a case for Bryce Young, but I I still think Bryce is a guy that's going to need a little bit more work. I thought about putting him there, but I just wasn't quite ready to do it. Next superlative, who is the most underrated players in this class? And this was a fun one to do. Number one, we're going to start on offense, and there's a couple linemen here. Number one, Peter Jones. And I know Rivals had him ranked probably higher than anybody else. I believe Rivals had him as a top 200 caliber player. They originally had him as a top 100 guy and dropped him. And a lot of people dropped Peter Jones as he kind of went on and he was committed for so long. I think that was a mistake. And when you look at his final rankings, on three had him as a three-star. 247 had him as a three-star. ESPN dropped him out of their top 300 and rivals dropped him from like 90 all the way down to like 226. I don't quite understand why I love Peter Jones film. I like his highlight film. I like his game film. I think he's got a great frame. I think he's smart. I think he's tough. I think he's long. I think he's a guy that can play tackle. He's a guy that can play guard. I just think there is a lot, a lot of tools there for Peter Jones. And he's a guy that was on my conversation for highest floor. He was probably next in line. And I think you could make a case that Peter needs to be in that that next in line group for players um, that that are in that floor conversation. Styles Prescott, to me, is underrated, is the next guy that's in that underrated category. He's another player that I just did not understand what people were missing, and that's including some people who I know and respect. I think people are missing the boat a little bit on Styles Prescott. I think he's a guy that I, I like a lot. 247 has him, had him as a three-star. Only on three, even ranked him in the top two, 300. They had him as a 250 player. And so I, I think Styles Prescott's another guy, very underrated. And then, of course, finally, Jack Larson. Jack Larson went from being overrated. He was like a top 50 guy by 247 when he committed to Notre Dame. His game did not change one bit at all i mean he got he was a better version of himself as a senior got dropped from top two fifth from top 50 by 247 to a three star which i think is just nuts because there's nothing about jack larson's game that if you thought he was good enough to be a top 50 guy as a sophomore that you make him as a three star as a senior it makes no sense to me at all uh jack larson's my number three underrated player defensively my underrated players are guys that I think should be ranked much, much higher. Number one, Cole Mullins. I understand why people didn't jump him up as a senior. I get it because he didn't play. He missed his whole year. But he is a really good football player. I I think he is the most underappreciated player in this class by a lot of people. A lot of Notre Dame fans even, I think, are missing the boat on Cole Mullins. I think he's a kid that's 6'4", 240, has good length, strong, powerful, athletic, played middle linebacker, on one of the best teams in the state of Georgia. And and I have people telling me they question his athleticism. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm the one that's wrong here. But I think that kid to me is a top 150 player. And had he played as a senior, I think would have for me jumped into a top 100 player. Number 2 most underrated guy for me is Bodie Cahoon. 
again, I just kind of feel like with some players, they just – and somebody in the chat said this the other day. I just think with some guys, they just don't reevaluate them. There's no way, no way that, that you can watch Bodie Cahoon as a senior and see a six foot three, 220 pound athletic kid that was committed to Ohio State to play lacrosse, has 200 some tackles, 20 plus tackles for loss in the same conference that Chris Cole plays in, and tell me that's a three star recruit. You can't. I think it's absurd that 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 Bodie Cahoon is a three star player by ESPN, two four seven Sports, and on three. The only service that has Bodie Cahoon as a four-star player is Rivals. I think it's a little bit misguided to not even have him in the top 250. To me, that is a little bit nuts. Where I look at it is this is a guy, to me, that should be a consensus four-star kid. I could understand some people not having him higher in the top 250, whatever. I think it's wrong, but I would have him there. But to not even have some four stars is a little bit nuts. And then the last one for me is Leonard Moore. Now, here's why I have Leonard Moore less underrated than Bodie Cahoon. And even though I have Leonard Moore ranked higher than Bodie Cahoon, and even though Leonard Moore is only ranked as a four-star by only one service, everybody on three, two, four, seven, ESPN all rank him as a as a three-star recruit. On three is the only one that even has him in the top 70 in the state of Texas, and none of them have his, have him as among the top 40 corners. I think that's nuts. Here's why Leonard Moore doesn't rank as high as Bodie Cahoon on the underrated list, because Rivals got it somewhat right. Rivals ranks Leonard Moore as the number 227 player in the country, four-star player, number 25 cornerback. I think he's better than that, but I'm fine with that. I have him in the top 150. You have him at 227. That's not a huge, huge difference. So I, I Bodie, whereas Bodie is not in anybody's top 250 or top 300. So that's why Leonard Moore is there. I think Leonard Moore is a really good football player. I think Leonard Moore is a guy that, that has a chance to be a multi-year starter at Notre Dame. He's long. He plays the ball well. He has very good long speed. He's athletic. He's smart. He's a very, very good football player. And that's the thing I like. Even though the defense has got a lot of boomer bust in it, there's a lot of athletes at that level. A lot of athletes. And, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's fun to see. It's fun to see. It's, it's, that's where you need to be. Let's speaking of athleticism, best athletes in the class. Number one on offense, Cam Williams, number two, Aeneas Williams. And number three is Kedron Young. I think Kedron Young is a really athletic player. I thought about putting Micah, or uh, excuse me. I thought about putting Logan Saldate here. The reason I went with Kedron over Logan is because Kedron, to me, gets the pound-for-pound pound best athlete award. If they were to do like agility tests and 40s, I would imagine Logan would probably have better numbers than Kedron. But when you consider that Kedron's 220 and Logan's 185, I'm going to give the nod to Kedron Young there. But you can make a case for Micah Gilbert. You can make a case for Logan Saldate as well. Best athletes on defense, number one is Bronte Johnson. I think Bronte is an outstanding athlete. Uh, he's He's got to learn to be a football player. He's a very good athlete. 6'1", fast, easy change of direction ability, really good explosiveness, leaper. See him on the basketball court when he's dunking. You can see the leaping ability. Number two is Logan Thomas, pound for pound, really, really special athlete. I think it was We Are Not Marshall had something about Logan earlier in the chat that I want to bring up now that we're talking about. Here it is. Uh, we are now Marshall says, Brian, a player who I think has physical base to grow immensely and be a great player is Logan Thomas. A young man could be could put on 30 pounds and still be just as fast. And I completely agree with that. If you look at when I talked about my NFL ceilings, he was number three for me right behind and, and ceiling right behind Kingston and Bryce in that category. I believe I'm pulling up my rankings now. I believe I had Logan uh, as a five star upside guy for the reasons that you talked about. I mean, this is a kid that's ran, I think somebody said like, what, like a 10-4, 10-500-meter dash time, uh, unofficial 100-meter da dash time, which is just really, really nuts. But he's a six-foot-four kid, super long arms, fast, I mean, legitimately fast. Like there was a play on his highlight tape. Yeah, I have him as a five-star, by the way. We are not Marshall. I have him number six overall in the class behind Leonard and uh, Cole Mullins, but five-star upside grade. But he's a guy that there was a play on his high school film where he was on the right side of the defense 
and the quarterback at the snap took off running like a bootleg to the right. And, and Logan Thomas caught him from the backside and not caught him like he rolled out and stopped and got hit. He caught him from the backside. Truly, truly elite athlete and, and a guy with an incredibly, incredibly high ceiling. And then my number three athlete, pound for pound athlete in the class is Bodie Cahoon. If we're just talking pure athleticism. I did the NFL thing early. Here's the next couple that are going to be fun. Um, number one, most improved players from junior to senior year. Offensively, number one, Micah Gilbert. Number two, Styles Prescott. And number three, Gerby Lambert. I had Gerby as a five-star upside guy from the first time I saw his film. But he was the bottom of the top 100 guy. As a senior, got bigger, got stronger, was more athletic, uh, fundamentally sound. His game took a big jump, and he went from a raw, really talented kid to a just a really good player. He improved a lot as a senior. My most improved guys on defense, number one, uh, was Bryce Young. I mean, he was a raw kid with a lot of tools, but I mean, his numbers that he, the jump he made as a senior was phenomenal. And number two, Carson Hobbs, I thought made a huge jump as a senior to the point where when he committed, I'll be honest, I didn't think he should have been at Notre Dame. I didn't understand why Notre Dame took him. Now, I didn't raise a lot of heck about it because I trust Mike Mickens. And I believe Mike Mickens is a better evaluator of cornerbacks than I am. And that's not a shocker to anybody. But he has earned the right to for me to say, okay, I'll tell you my opinion of the kid, but I'm not going to hammer Notre Dame for taking him because I trust Mike Mickens. And when you watch the senior film, you're like, that's why I trust Mike Mickens. Carson was a much better player as a senior than he was as a junior. And then number three most improved was Bodie Cahoon for me. Last two, I'm going to have some fun with this. Number one, guys, the two guys that, that you think have the best chance to be freshman All-Americans. And this is the one I want to hear. We're all going to make predictions. If you're listening to the show and you're part of the chat, I want you to give this one for sure. I know a lot of you haven't given your other predictions, but this one I want you all to do. Who are the two players that you think have the best chance to be freshman All-Americans on both sides of the ball? Mine are offense, number one, Cam Williams, although it's going to be tough for any of these guys to get there just because of how much talent's ahead of them. But Cam Williams has a chance to be that guy, number one. And Gerby Lambert has a chance to be that guy number two. I could see Gerby taking over at some point in time in the season at right tackle and just being like, okay, Joe Walt, right, starts half the season, but he's a freshman All-American. I could certainly, certainly see that. Defense, this is an easy one. It's Bryce Young and Kingston Viliyama Asa in any order. And I didn't necessarily rank these. I just went front to back. I think Bryce is a guy that's going to come in and have a chance to play a lot as a freshman. I could see him having, you know, four, five, six sacks in sort of a rotational role, has some some moments where you're like, boy, that's a lot of talent and earn some All-American honors. And then Kingston, it's I, I, I'm not as sold on Kingston coming in day one and being the starter. I think that's a little bit dismissive of Bo, of Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury and Jalen Sneed and, you know, Preston Zinner and some really good football players. But I also understand why people feel that way about Kingston because the talent is there. The traits are there. The athleticism is there. The size is there. I can see Kingston coming in. And if he earns a starting job at some point in time this year, he'll be a freshman All-American. And then the last one, and we're going to wrap up the show with this one. Who are the guys that have the best chance to be captains? And this, this one was a fun one to think about. Number one, and my answer changed has changed recently. Number one for me on offense is C.J. Carr. Number two for me on offense is actually Styles Prescott. I just, as I've gotten to know Styles uh, from what people tell me and just kind of listening to him talk and and some of the things that people talk about him, I think he's a guy that has a little bit more outgoingness to him than maybe like a Gerby, who Gerby's just sort of a, I'm going to show up and kick butt and be a Joe Walt type guy where, you know, maybe you're a captain because you're a great player, but not necessarily because you're a get in your face or, you know, kind of be that type of vocal leader. And I think Styles has some of that. And then the other guy that I have on offense that I could see being a captain some days, Peter Jones. I could see Peter Jones being a, a multi-year starter and a team captain for Notre Dame in a Robert Hainsey type of way. Absolutely could see that. And then defensively, number one is the easiest one out there. And that's Kingston. I mean, that that's an easy one. Number two, Leonard Moore. I mean, you guys heard the signing day interview with Leonard Moore. That is a sharp kid. He's a confident kid. He's a kid that I believe is going to be if he if he ends up being the player that we think he could be, is a guy that's going to show a lot of leadership ability. A lot of he has a lot of leadership traits already. 
I could see him being a captain. And then my number three, this one is going to surprise some people. I have Kennedy Erlacher. And for Kennedy, I also think Kennedy is one of the guys that I that I had that I think has the best chance to play as a true freshman because of special teams. I could see Kennedy kind of being like a Jack Kaiser type of captain or a a Bo Bauer type of captain where he is a three, four-year starter on special teams and he's a captain because of the his willingness to do whatever it takes to be successful. So I could see I could see Kennedy Erlacher being a captain for Notre Dame at some point in time, even if it's just for special teams. And when you add that special teams element to it, it increases the chances that he can end up being a captain in that regard. So that's all my rankings. So you, a lot a lot of good things there from a lot of you. A lot of people contributed. I do appreciate that. Had a lot of fun with that one. It was it was fun to put this together. And it's also fun to kind of look back on past years and see which ones you got right, which ones you got wrong, and have a little bit of fun with that. So that's going to do it for this portion of the show. We're going to do a mailbag next. So hang around for that. But before we do, folks, do me a favor, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, give us a five-star review. And if you have not done so, I don't know how many times I can tell y'all, you're missing out on the message board at boards.arsbreakdown.com.